The Russell Brand Podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, an all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website. Squarespace offer beautiful templates, integrates seamlessly with Google Apps and Getty Images, and has dozens of other great features like dynamic cover pages, a simple logo designer, and much, much more. Every website comes with its own free online store, 24-7 live chat and email support, and you can even claim your very own domain name. Go to squarespace.com slash russellbrand for a free trial with no credit card required and start building your own website today. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. You're listening to the Russell Brand Podcast. I'm here with Matt Morgan. Are you all right, Matthew? I'm more than all right. Are you? Yeah, I feel good. I'm chipper. We're in a proper environment, a proper radio environment. We're at the XFM studios who we have a deal with with our audio boom podcast. We're out of the basement. We're out of the basement. We're back on track. We've we've bounced back, or more appropriately, we've belly bounced back because the belly bounce phenomenon continues to roll on. People, uh, the belly bounce story of a man in Belfast belly bouncing his elderly neighbour right out of his garden seems to have really captured the imagination, Matthew. What do you think it is about the belly bounce, let's face it, a form of violence that has so inspired people to write to us? It's cartoonish. Yes. Although it was an assault that knocked an old lady down. Yeah. There's a, an element of slapstick to it. There's clear slapstick. It's not like, although some slapstick, like say this this man in Belfast had poked his elderly neighbour right in the eye. Or hit her with a frying pan. You'd go, bloody hell. That's a bit much, guys. You're a monster for doing that. Mr G's here. He'll be summarising this show in the form of a poem when it reaches its natural climax. If you want to communicate with us, you can. Russell and Matt at Audio Boom. That's how this person has done it. He's called Stronger. He says, my brother back in the late 80s when he was young and fat did the belly bounce on a regular basis. However, he called it Ling Long Ling. Don't know why. He's autistic, so I guess it makes sense to him. Belly bounce! So now we've got belly bounce and the complex issue of autism. It's young, this young man's mentioning that his brother did a Ling Long Lings. I like the Ling Long Ling. Yeah, Do you I think like it. Was that what he called it afterwards, or did he go ling long ling? <laughs> it's I like the way you created the belly bounce phenomenon, Matthew. You use the belly belly bounce as if it's you say it on issue. You have to say it. Belly bounce, like and ling long ling. You'd do it in a thrust, wouldn't you? Yeah. But there's some conversation as to whether a belly bounce is administered on a sway, on a rotation. I think it's all in the hip. The belly slap that would be more, I mm. suppose. Sort of pivot. What, yeah, don't pivot with that, particularly actually if you're carrying that much excess, excess weight. Hey, the Ling Long Ling makes it sound seductive. Ling Long Ling. <laughs> That's it. Ling Long Ling. <laughs> that creepy little voice going to be seductive. Come on. If you are honest with yourself, you'll be, you're a bit aroused. I've got a raging erection. <laughs> ling Long Ling. Don't do it again. Yeah, I'm going to burst. <laughs> Where it goes. Okay. I think the Ling Long Ling was involved a run up. Yeah. Ling Long Ling. <laughs> ling Long Ling. It would be the last thing you'd hear. Oh no, Ling Long Ling. He's yeah. about to be issued. Uh, then Doxology95 says the belly bounce conversation made me laugh out loud in the middle of the night and then it says apologies to my neighbours where does this person live a hostel what, a dormitory after, like, a prison in the middle of the night what he listened to it in the day and then in the middle of the night went, <laughs> got a belly bounce <laughs> come on guys <laughs> And there's another person here that attributes the belly bounce phenomena. This is Kelvin from Christchurch in New Zealand. Nice to know that people are listening to us in New Zealand, is it? Yeah, it is actually. Especially as they made Lord of the Rings there. Especially as they've got Maoris there. Mm. I like the New Zealand. I like they've the reduced their culture to rubble. Yeah. Oh, I like the people of the Antipodes because they seem relaxed whenever I see them. Do they? Say you go to a cafe in Hoxton Street called Embassy East. Relaxed. Specific example. <laughs> All right. 
You're just drifting about they are, less actually. specifically. I've met those people and they are. I think it's because they smoke a lot of weed. Is that what they are? They're That's, on drugs. They're on okay, drugs. what we're dealing with here, with here, this is drug addicts. This is the, the beast of addiction has risen its head very early on in the show. Well, this guy from New Zealand says this. Speaking of the belly bounce craze, there's a scene in Disney's Robin Hood where Friar Tuck belly bounces the sheriff, Nottingham, sank wicked. As I watched this as a kid, it's been stuck right in my brain box and has set the bar high for all a Abdominal-related assertiveness. Nice sentence. Well done. I loved it last week when you shared the story of the altercation in Northern Ireland. It immediately brought me back to this childish uh, memory, etc., etc. So there you go. Some provenance there of the belly bounce. Kelvin from Christchurch also demands a picture of your Lego table, mate. There is a there is a picture of it on my phone. I'll share it. Yeah, because it's just been on your phone. That's that's of no use. <laughs> there is, well, there's a picture on my phone. I ask you simply to look at my phone, and then the problem's dealt with. <laughs> no, it, there's a weird stain on the carpet near it, and I'd, I'd rather take a nicer picture. What's the stain? Ling long ling. <laughs> what is the stain? Why is I don't know. Th- that's what I'm, it's not what you think. Well, you don't know what I think. I wasn't necessarily assuming sperm. I was thinking perhaps it was vomit. I was talking about poo. <laughs> is it poo? No. What is this Lego it's table grey. stain? It's a grey stain. I what room what of the house is. have you got these stains in? In the front room. Why don't we listen to a sting? Like, because people send us jingles. Let's listen to one, Matthew, and yeah. uh, encourage people to send more. Here's one from your friend in LA. The Russell Brand Podcast with Matt Morgan Podcast. Ah. A pod- podcast, podcast, podcast. Morrissey could legitimately sue us for unfair use of a uh, uh, charming man. Melody there, yeah. but it's Hamish Wilson. Morrissey, if you do take up the case, a famously litigious man, Stephen Patrick Morrissey, uh, it's Hamish Wilson, the man that's using <laughs> your intellectual property there for amusement. And may I say I found it rather disrespectful. Send your jingles <laughs> to Russell and Matt at audioboom.com. Do you um, another one? Yeah, I'd love to, because we've got encouraged people. to the Russell Brand Podcast oh. with Russell and Matt. I love kids, me. My good. I ex-girlfriend. Like I love well, the ones with kids. Who, which one was it, mate? Who was it? Because we've got to credit them. Um, it was... Mellotron. I think no? it was... Belly Ma- Maidleon. Ma- well, come on, mate. <laughs> Maidleon. Oh, hang on, look. Well, Maidleon. the numbers Number aren't five. on the thing. Number five. Fast kid jingle. Maidleon. This That's is why I we're said. not on Radio 2 Maidleon, sorry. This is why we're not on the BBC. <laughs> I, I always wondered, why was it exactly <laughs> that I was taken off the air? Now I know. Rank unprofessionalism. Shoddy jingles. It's your fault, your fault, well, your fault. I wasn't fault. there that day. <laughs> Mad Leon. It was because I couldn't... I thought it was Maidleon. Like some ah, sort of because his O Maidley was a zero. Alien. To be fair, the O was a zero. So there's always, in broadcasting, there's two sides. For every story, <laughs> people would do well to remember that. I love children, me, and there's nothing wrong with that, is there? No. Now, what about this statement though? An ex-girlfriend said to me, "The way you are with children makes me believe that Michael Jackson may not have been a paedophile." It's a wow. weird statement, that isn't is it? That's a minefield. That's a minefield. The way you are with, with children, children makes, makes me believe. believe that Michael Jackson might not have been a paedophile. Because if you when you think about it, it's not bad. Because what she's saying is, is because I love children so much and really get on with them, and yet here I am, not a paedophile. <laughs> I mean, the ideal thing for an anecdote is not to have to deny being a paedophile during it, I'll grant you. But the next best thing is one where you do have to. Hang on, and it's that, this is one. A, that is a confusing statement. So she's saying, you're so lovely with kids mm. that maybe Michael Jackson was Maybe that's with all kids. Michael Jackson was doing. Yeah, but Michael Jackson was caught... Cool. 
wasn't he like in bed with them and putting giving them wine and stuff? <laughs> Still, that isn't paedophilia. Well, it is. The wine. Oh, it wasn't just... Well, yeah, getting them drunk. It wasn't just... It didn't <laughs> That's end not there. ideal. I didn't do any of those things. But no, I suppose what my ex-girlfriend was saying was perhaps Michael Jackson like hanging out with kids and having a bloody good time. No. Yes, that's what she is she saying. She is saying she's that, ill-informed just to about the actual things that went on. She's ill-informed about their yeah. actual evidence. Was there ever... Was he ever... There was loads of evidence. He paid loads of people off. Duck Hang on. butter. Yeah, no, there was that. Duck butter. Jesus juice, he called wine. G- right, let's look at the facts, Jacko. There's duck butter, there's Jesus juice. That's just two things. But anyway, the fact is I love children. And the other day, I was at a primary school lurking. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I was at a primary school uh, recording something for uh, the truths. And, oh, children, God love them. There's a window between the age of, like, five and seven where they're like these magical creatures from another dimension. They're always magical. No, well, actually, about the, nine, they the start, first year is just manipulative. scary. Right. It's sort of like You've... too hospitally and weird and they're like aliens and they keep going wrong or you're scared they're going to go wrong. Right. But I think from two onwards, it's all like Play-Doh and scooters and fun. Oh, I'd want one. Well, you've got, you know how they, you know. I made a scooter. Now, that's what I'd have done there is a little joke for your amusement. Take some of the heat out. Take some of the heat out of the window joke. I was once in a taxi and I, for some reason, started talking to the bloke. You know, when you just sort of start talking to a taxi driver and well, think this is too deep a conversation, I started talking about the global economy and saying about how if the uh, global currency changed from being the dollar, right, yeah, America, right. Yep. yeah, all that stuff, yep. right? Yeah. And I no, used that, that example of the Michael Jackson thing, or, well, actually, the original example was Salvador Dali Salvador. goes for dinner, never pays for dinner, because when he signs the cheque, they go, oh, look, and stick it and on the wall. It, right? so in, the chickens never come home to roost. Right, exactly, financially. So I even made the step of updating it, thinking this bloke might not know who Salvador Dali is. I said Michael Jackson, which is another one I've heard of, right? Well, another Jacko, version. they wouldn't cash Jacko's checks. Oh, my God, you're doing the same thing as the Hold cab up, driver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Exactly, what's going on, mate? No, this is, no he was like Turkish or something. He's going, hey, what? what? So what Michael Jackson, he never paid for dinner. Hey, he, said, he got all that money and he got paid for his harvester. I yeah, exactly. I was saying to him, no, no, it's an analogy, right? It just means that if Michael Jackson, so uh, the way that the US dollar works is, hey, what? He got all those albums and don't even pay for his dinner. <laughs> I mean, um, Thriller, it's a great big hit. Why are you not participating? Well, you got to pay for your dinner. I don't like that, mate. And no. I was going, oh, no, I don't know if it's true. It's not true of Michael Jackson. He did pay no. for dinner. I mean, the, uh, the pedophilia is no, one thing. Why you not pay for your dinner? You know what he said? At the end of the conversation, he went, no, you know what? That pisses me off more than the stuff with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an odd value system. Yeah, but he couldn't driver. get over it. He couldn't get, A, that it was an analogy, and B, mm. for the whole journey, even when I thought, oh, God, I've got to change the subject. He was yeah. like, no, I don't, you know, because nah. all the music kind of dancing and people, but I that bought pay got money. I'm thinking, I'll put a couple of quid in your pocket. Yeah, you he won't know. pay for a ham sandwich. I go, I'm paying for dinner, I put a tip down, you know. Come we on, you know, I'm big people, driver. it's minimum wage. Yeah. What I don't like is when you're trying to explain something complex to someone and then they fall at the first hurdle. Like, uh, well, that, well... Give me an example. A friend of mine, uh, yeah, David Bedil, as a matter of fact, was trying to explain a double slit theory to me. You know how when right. you fire electrons through a double slit, it's all to do with electrons, like electrons being either a, a wave or a particle, depending well, on no, whether or not they're Well, no, do break that down. Some people don't have that in their lexicon of normal things. 
Electrons can behave as a wave or a particle, depending on whether or not they are observed. And they did an experiment to obs- to observe this phenomenon. And uh, I don't want to break it down because it is actually quite complicated. But when David... Well, no, no there's two slits and sometimes... Oh, for God's sake. Well, there's, there's three holes. Oh, God. <laughs> I've fallen at the oh, first. No. Well, there's Matthew. two slits. There's three now, holes. if you go through the first slit... Wash it off before you go into the second slit oh, at all costs. No, well, no, he was trying to explain it. For, like, and I couldn't get even to the bit where he was talking about quantum physics and the fact that the pattern on the second panel indicates that their behaving is a wave or a particle. I was just caught right. up in. So hold on a minute, mate. What's going Who on? Who made with these slits? Who is it exactly that's made it in a slit? What's you doing that with electrons for? Like, yeah, I got yeah. quite... Oh, my God, I haven't even got to the complicated bit yet. Yeah, no, that is, that's annoying when I try and explain things to you. Hold on a minute. Do you mean I do it often? <laughs> no. No, you're very intelligent. I'm smart as a whip, ain't I? As we know, but that I'm is uh, weird, the cleverest that thing. man in the world now. means that uh, some uh, particles behave differently when they know they're being watched. Is basically the quick way of explaining quick, that. Yeah, the it? quick way of saying it is on the most fundamental quantum level, reality in, seems to interna- interact with human consciousness. Yeah. And, and the most fundamental laws of, of Newtonian physics are challenged by the same electron appearing simultaneously in, the, in different places. Yeah. I mean, it just means that the world goes all weird and miraculous at the sub-molecular level. Yeah. That's what it means. What's and, that quote about, like, if... The work, we should we're made we're part of the world so we could never understand it because well you can't understand well, we're a product of it within it so it's like a character in a computer game being able right. to understand the programming of the computer game well I like that because I often say often I say this Matt, when I'm a I've set up these gigs on Monday nights true musings they're called basically do you know why I've done it I went to India and I see the gurus dressed in blankets and I thought like and they're getting asked questions right. Now, these gurus, they're sat up there and everyone's... Is this why you dress in blankets now? Yeah, one of the reasons. And, like, that's one of the reasons. Like, the gurus are getting asked these questions and everyone's very reverential. And I, when I was out in India watching these reverential questions getting asked, I thought, that should be me getting asked those reverential questions. How many people you slept with? <laughs> <laughs> Two. <laughs> well, you got jealous of gurus being asked reverential questions. Right. And I, I'll have a bit on that. Hang on. I want to be asked some reverential questions. Ask me a reverential question. I've got a blanket. Oh, no, oh, no. Here you want a blanket? I'll put a blanket on. Go on. Ask us reverential questions. So Monday nights at my true musings, I do uh, reverential question and answer sessions. Is that all you took from gurus taking reverential <laughs> questions? Is... This isn't fair. They should be asking me questions. Hey! All right, that's it. Right, that's the end of the questions. Anyone want to ask me anything? <laughs> Is that what you did? You not I ask, have a reverential a question? question. Why don't you ask me some reverential <laughs> questions? I've got a bloody blanket back at home. That makes you so special. Hey, ask me a reverential question. Actually, that was quite. Uh, when I asked the guru, Amma, a reverential, Amma, a reverential question. She's a, a hugging saint out there in India, in Kerala. Find out about the hugging saint. She does incredible philanthropic work. Unfathomable. She's in a way the Indian Oprah Winfrey. She's up all these organisations. Very brilliant woman. I got like I got to hang out of her in her room for a bit, you know, under close scrutiny. Under a blanket. <laughs> there were no blankets involved. We kept a safe distance, and I goes to her like, "What about the old ego, though?" 
I said. And she, was, like, she looked at me like as if she didn't really even understand what was going on. I was like, me, I'm at war with the old ego. Narcissism, doing things for the wrong reasons, e.g. setting up a reverential questions night, Mondays, <laughs> down at the Proud Archivist East London, True Musings, come along if you can. I mean, actually, the tickets, they fly off the shelves. There's only 100 available. I mean, you know, it's not. I don't need to push it, is what I'm saying. So, like... Uh, what did she say? My reverential question was, I goes, like... This is what I said. I goes now Diego Maradona. Like so, it's mad because then there's a translator. I've been in a few situations with translators. One, this woman. Two, Dalai Lama. Like the translator, oh, yeah. I think you're nosing this up for me. I'd like to think that you're not arcsing it the way I always say arcs. I always say arcs. I, I say you're not arcsing me. I always say the, the, you're not arcsing that question the same way as well, what I've done. Yeah, because the translator could be going, well, "What he's sort of groping for here is, you know, yeah. I'm trying to understand what he means, but it's something about being big-headed. I think <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're putting they're a spin saying. on it. Yeah. They're putting a spin on it. For and them. they're putting a spin on what comes back. Because I did a good... Exactly. I don't know it's what coming a Dalai from Lama a guru. That's coming from then. And then they might just... They might change one word mm. and it completely ruins it. That's the nature of the Lord. I don't want it going through some sort of filtration system. Particularly as I know for a fact <laughs> I was doing some smashing jokes up there with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and... He didn't crack a smile. Jokes. He did not even laugh, Matthew. No. So I thought this geezer's nosing up the translation because my gear is top notch. There's no way the joke ain't working. The Dalai Lama's always smiling, though. Was he smiling? No. Ah. I've never seen him look so pissed off. He looked like he was going to work out there. He says he didn't want to be in the moment no more. He said it was bullshit. So <laughs> about just about enough of this claptrap. He looked like he was going to wallop right. me. Let's break this down. So let's do Amma first and then we'll go to the Dalai okay, Lama. Okay, mate. So firstly, I'm with this hammer and I goes, look, how can I, as a person who's struggling with the ego, struggling with my own individual identity, how can I improve? And can you, what can you teach me? Because like, it seems, I said, that you've got a kind of genius for a spirituality. And then I'll use this example. I mean, look at you. You're not even wearing leather trousers. Well, yeah, where's your a... pants, baby? <laughs> <laughs> look at your, where's your cut piece? Yeah. Uh, um, well, I goes, like, Maradona, I said, was famously not a Did good... Did she know that was? No. Right, so that's why on. it's all started to break down. Maradona, said I, chest out, I declaimed it. <laughs> Maradona was not a good football coach because he was a genius. And right, like you right. can't convey genius like, oh, why don't... Like, because the coaching sessions right. with the Argentinian squad must have wound up with, why don't you be Maradona? Yeah, you know, yeah. like, what's he going to say? It's not like the stuff he does just comes naturally, gracefully through him, through some unknowable cosmic force, perhaps the very force that makes electrons behave differently under observation, some unknowable entity that which we can never understand. And I tried to use Maradona as an example, though why I thought an Argentinian footballer would be the best analogy to communicate with an Indian mystic and guru escapes me. Anyway, she just like goes, no, nah, I've never been that egotistical. Or in that accent. <laughs> She's from Romford. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even know why it's translated there. See you later, mate. <laughs> All right, lovely question, lovely question. Cut a bunch, yeah? Go on, try a few quid in a bin on the way out. So hang on, what did she say? She said... She just said that she didn't ever really get that egotistical. Like, yeah. she didn't ever feel Well, it. that's I mean, the same thing. She's not egotistical, so your question just seems like, nothing. why is he asking like, what's that? What's it on about? Yeah. And then Dalai Lama, right? <laughs> I've, like, with him. Why were you meeting him again? What happened? It was brilliant, it was. Like, I was, uh, I got a letter, so I got like, a mate of mine, one of Noel Gallagher's mates, actually. Should we ring Noel later? I'll get yeah. him on the show. One of Noel Gallagher's mates goes, uh, 
All right. No, it's from Blackpool. I think talk like that. Russell, do you want to meet the Dalai Lama? And I thought, well, this ain't going to happen. <laughs> Before I knew it, I was he's around the here in this van. I got him here. I just like, you know, I see him walking round in Nepal. So I've just given him a dig in the gut, stuck him in back of my transit. Like, uh, he was like, um, he goes, oh, do you want to meet the Dalai Lama for some sort of thing? And I went, well, yeah. I'm thinking, this will never happen. <laughs> yeah, right. Cobblers. Yeah. And like, then for a minute, Dalai Lama. Like, <laughs> well, not before I knew it. There were some administrative stages where I had to speak to these various emissaries. Is this where he had Lama. a magic carpet and you trod on it and stuff? That's right. I right. stomped up and down on his magic carpet. So what, well, what did I he say He about? wouldn't care about a magic carpet. They went. There was a carpet leading all the way from the dressing room to the stage. And they goes, someone goes to me, don't step on that, because it was at the Manchester Arena. Don't step on that. That's the Dalai Lama's carpet. I thought, you don't care about that. Why is he going to... He's not he going to be reincarnated five times and then like go, oh, well, that's my carpet. You won't care, will you? Will you? Anyway, also another thing on the Dalai Lama list, he pulled my beard and it actually hurt. Yeah, I know. But what was his thing about ego? He said you're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, his thing about like, oh, well, oh, no, the translation thing there is I said like, uh, can we, I don't know, all express our love of God or creation or oneness through whatever means we want, like through cage fighting. I said something about cage fighting and like... Uh, and I like, think uh, you're blaming translators Yeah, here, you think But your referencing good. is off. Diego Maradona and cage fighting. Right. Oh, look, this translates, man. Right, balls up at this. <laughs> well done, pal. Very good joke, Danny the Wolf. Yeah, you get one conversation with the Dalai Lama in your life, and you've, you've gone and mentioned cage fighting. <laughs> you've gone and translated exactly what I said, you idiot. I don't think he did say cage fighting. Well, what could he have done? Did he mime it? Look, I just got the idea that my joke was good and the Dalai Lama looked pretty pissed off, oh, and look, I'd look. like to blame the translator. Run the joke by us. Remember it? <laughs> Dalai Lama, Dalai Lama on a dusty road. Oh. What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, so hang on. You don't have to tell us the joke because you obviously... Embarrassed. Yeah, but the cage fight. I can't thing. remember it. It's it probably something ref- like, if you're really good at something... Can you ca- be God's cage fighter or something like that? Cage oh fighter for pure consciousness. And he just yeah. looks up. I've seen him say something to translate, like, get that guy out of here. <laughs> get him off my carpet. <laughs> Tell that carpet walking bastard. Get off my stage. He just bent down very slowly, grabbed the carpet. Went, <laughs> 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 Man, like, teacups fell over. He, like, uh, when he first saw me, he just started laughing. He just went, <laughs> That's perfectly natural. So he's, he's one of us then. <laughs> he laughed and then he went, you are free, you are free. Like that. Did he? Yeah. You are free. I'm <laughs> giving him that voice. That's how he talked. Did he you say that free, in English? You are free. Went, you are free. Come and follow me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, little leprechaun. <laughs> You are free. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing that, ain't you? Yeah. Do a bit more of it. You are free. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that's, too, that's, uh, that's supernatural. What? The voice? Yeah, the voice there. Yeah. yeah it's just you one of my talents, new, you know. Uh, you've got a lot of dimensions to you. Oh, talent. yes, mate. Russell and Matt Podcast. You bet your ass. This episode of Russell's Podcast is brought to you once again by Squarespace. It's a beautifully simple way to create websites and even full online shops of your very own from just $8 a month or try it out at squarespace.com slash russellbrand. Build it. Beautiful. Two listening to the Russell Brand Podcast with Russell and 
I rang you up with course, didn't I, when I was doing the Red Nose Day? Yep, you did. I got in trouble for that Red Nose Day. Did you? Well, a bit. Well, imagine what would have happened if we'd have done the stuff we talked about on the phone. I rang Matt up, I was doing Red Nose Day, and so and I'd realised about 10 o'clock at night or something, when I was maybe on at 11, I was watching it on the telly. I was watching Red Nose Day on the telly and looking at it, and it's all at the Palladium and all shiny and that, and I thought, hang on a minute, I'm going to be there in a minute. I don't know what I'm going to say to these people. And I was worried... So I rang Matt up like a late night sort of drug dealer phone call or sort of like a comedy booty call. Help me! Help me, Matthew! Do you know any jokes, mate? Like just yeah. rang up for some cags and stuff. And like, just give me some clocks and gear, like type stuff. And we worked out some quite nice things, I thought, yeah, on the phone. it was all right, wasn't it? In the end, it was all right. But I mean, that uh, some of the things that I improvised... Trouble? Well, because I improvised... Well, I think that's the end of the sentence, because I improvised. That's the problem. <laughs> I leave it there. So this bloody improvisation. The bit, for example, where I goes... Uh, you know, there was a joke, like John Bishop was doing this VT from Africa about this for frappence, a word that we need to bring back into the mainstream. Yeah. You can get these syringes that once you've plunged them. Oh, I did. I remember the this. The plunger now. won't come out again. And you mimed shooting up. That's right. Is that what you call you in trouble? And I said that, you know, that's the last thing you want from a needle. <laughs> like that kind of like really childish, stupid joke. Oh, dear. And said sharing is caring and things like that. But it was right. actually very funny. And the. The audience at the Palladium really went for it. It was like Sammy Davis Who told was back you on off? the show. It was like Bruce No, no one told me off, actually. They were all very happy. Richard Curtis said it was like the good old days of comic relief when it was teetering on the precipice of madness. Yeah. But, uh, no, I didn't get told off. I just saw in the sun. It said Loon. It said Loon brand. Oh. Loon brand needle remark shocker. And then they always report things badly. Like he goes, there was embarrassed laughter from the audience. Lord has cracked up laughing. He can't, like, what do you yeah. mean it's embarrassed laughter? They were loving Don't worry it. about it. Right, so the Dalai Lama... Talking of a... uh, John Bishop, Yeah, we uh, we never talked, I don't Ooh, think, about the GQ, GQ Awards, Awards, did we? And I thought about that this morning. GQ thought, Awards. That yeah. went well. That went really well, unless you were the GQ Awards. <laughs> <laughs> in which case, you were <laughs> out in this being sponsored basically That was funny, though, wasn't it? The GQ Awards. G was there, yep. I think. Noel yep. was there. Q was there. I got to do stuff like that, Joe. I um, appreciate it. Shall we talk about that? Yeah, all right, if you wanna. Well, the first thing that happened was uh, we'd you weren't on Noel's table. They made a mistake. Mm. Noel wanted you on his table, yeah. so I originally got sat down with what's his name, Roger Daltrey. That's not. I was go. on his table. You were and sat I was with like, Roger Daltrey yeah, out the who? Yeah, and I sat there thinking, Did he chat to you? he's all right actually. Roger, he's Daltrey, really nice. Isn't he? Yeah, and all, all right, his, son, all the people on he? his table were just his mates growing up, sort of like gruff, sort well, of that's cockney brilliant. Blokes. Gruff cockneys. He stayed true to his roots. Yeah. Roger Daltrey. So I was like, I'm on Roger Daltrey's that's a lot table. Of work for a this is brilliant. Trust. Great yeah. guy. Oh yeah, yeah. And then suddenly it was like, get up, you're moving. And who said that? You. Oh. And then dragged over to a table. That character is where the problem started. Who? Well, the character that goes, get up, you're moving. Oh, right. I thought, uh-oh, this, yeah. is the, this is the fly in the ointment. Yeah. And it was me. And it was you. Mm. And then so we, there was this awkward thing where you... Well, what happened was John Bishop was somehow bounced off the table. That was literally. <laughs> he moved on the bish. Yeah. I don't know who took those cards and moved them away, but it's John Bishop and his wife, who are actually friends of mine, John and his wife, and some of the Bishop family, very good people. Yeah, we're inadvertently sidelined. Like little name badges were moved to another table. I don't like getting a name badge anyway when I sit down. I don't like sitting there and reading my name on a table. Russell. What would you like to read? Just like shit we want, mate. 
No, but and so that was embarrassing because he was in the right because he was meant to be well, sitting it's just there. Been moved just so yeah. that you could sit where you wanted. And I'll tell you what, mate. You, <laughs> I was happy with Daltrey. You ruined those GQ awards, whether it's playing bloody musical chairs with a talent or coming up with Nazi schemes. And then, so that was the. So after that, we all got sat down. Everyone seemed to be all right, didn't we? Mick was there. G was there. Yeah, was we were there. all there. And then. Um, what I liked was the atmosphere of competitiveness that was sort of was developing on the table amongst us, saying, like, we could probably capsize this award into nonsense. That was just in your head. Oh, no. These sort of things always happen. I no, you think said something's to me, happening what shall in I the say? real world, yeah. but it's not. It's not. That's in the brain. Yeah. Who were you thinking you were having a... Like, I'm at war with these guys. I've got to do the worst thing in the room. Righty-ho! <laughs> John Bishop, look at him eating his dinner. Over he's, there. He's plotting something brilliant. He's going to mention the Nazis. I'd get in there first. OK, Bish. It's a race to gobbles, is it? Well, I'll <laughs> see you there at Nuremberg. Oh, that was funny, though, because we talked about it and went, well... Because you knew, didn't you, that when we talked yeah, about Hugo it before, Boss. Hugo no, Boss Hugo made Boss the outfits the for the Nazis, right? But it's after like part of my information in my brain, like Terminator 2. Yeah, but what happened was it, about robots. it disrupted the evening because after you'd said that, mm. then Stephen Fry, who's partly Jewish, oh, isn't he? He he sort of went, oh, well, I didn't realise my suit was... I feel bad. And then so he felt bad and said something. And then Jeremy Piven, who's Jewish... He, was, he he went really serious on it. Went well, um, my people, you know, uh, my people and stuff. And it was like, oh god. So like you imagine Hugo Boss it. were thinking, well, this is backfired. <laughs> the whole evening <laughs> capsized into a big Nazi bloodbath. I know it was bad. I and actually, then, uh, I've seen the footage back. I goose stepped. Oh, you on did? The stage. Yeah, I Basil forty. Basil forty style, proper, yeah, yeah, traditional move. And then when we were leaving. There was that guy, oh, that was the editor of GQ. Yeah, what's his name, that dude? Dylan something. Dylan, Dylan Jones. Because I remember everyone who went up there went, I'd like to thank Dylan, I'd like to thank Dylan. Yeah. So we were obviously aware of this guy's really important. Dylan. And then Noel went up and went, I'd like to thank Dylan, the Stones and the Beatles. <laughs> they <had a> good <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah, nice but then, to know that while there's wars going on in Syria, William Higgs sat here prattling about. <laughs> I know, there was, it, I know, you went, it, no, Noel said, welcome to the Tory party conference. Yeah, Because it was... Full of Tories, wasn't it? Boris Johnson. Well, GQ's a pretty conservative oh, thing. Isn't it? Anyway, we were coming down this escalator. To and it was a long, long escalator. It was, it was like something out long. of uh, Fifth Element. Yeah. Like a great big sci-fi ele- uh, escalator. It went on and on and on and on. On and on and on. And, and there was a bloke at the bottom us. of it who yeah. was pacing and looked furious. And it was only him. So it was like it was an escalator to that man. In yeah. my mind, it was like a sort of stairway to heaven, but escalator to that and man. And we both sort of clocked him and thought, hello, this is something's going What's on going there. going on? Pacing, and then we, pacing. Hello, hello someone's up for it. And then as we got closer, he went to you. He sort of leaned in. He went, you haven't exactly covered yourself in glory tonight. <laughs> he said it like we were married. It was Dylan, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you very much. You'll be sleeping you on the settee. Flat. Don't you ever darken my name! (laughs) I saw what you were doing, that gentleman. (laughs) It was like it was like he sort of pulled you into him. You smelt his glove. (laughs) You've got lipstick all over your face now. Get in the car. (laughs) Did I say something cool? Come on, mate. I must have. I can't remember. Oh yeah, no, I know. Did I I think? I did actually. Well, we didn't know who he was. We didn't know. No, I worked it out. I worked it out. Microphone, cool thing, darling. The cool thing. Microphone, darling. <laughs> oh yes. Hey, the cool thing I said was, uh, he goes, um, he goes. I think you should probably apologise to our sponsors. I goes, I think that they should probably oh, yeah. apologise to the Jews. Yes, you did yes, say that. That's a cool thing to have said. 
That was the story of the GQ Awards. It probably it did actually carry on into uh, Matthew Freud's house. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? We went to a mad party there. There was rarer works of art hanging around. A Chris yep. of Philly, Gilbert and George. It was, ama- it was an amazing house, wasn't it? I couldn't believe that such things were going on. And there was a crazy mix of famous people there. Who was there? Clarkson was there. Clarkson. Piers Morgan was there. Morgan. Um, Samuel Jackson. Was Usher Jackson. There? Pharrell was there. Pharrell, Pharrell was there. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. Usher. It was the weirdest mix of people. I feel nervous when I think about things like that, and I don't like it. Why? I'd rather sat be, rather be doing me uh, reverential questions tonight, dressed in a blanket. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes me a bit on edge. That sort of. It's thing. not natural. It's you not come, natural for you, spiritual men like us. Yeah, and there's that journalist from GQ there, wasn't there? And he tried to oh, yeah. wind you up. He tried to wind me up, and I did one of my. Oh no! I forgot <laughs> oh, no. about that. You did, yeah. I did one of my fight he, moves. This bloke's uh, well, Noel told me he's actually well known as a journalist for like winding people up. He, he tried to up. wind Noel up, like going up to him and going, "Your brother's better than you." And things like that, <laughs> yeah. trying to get a rise out of people. I don't mean Liam. I mean Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but he um, he was like whispering in your ear, wasn't he? And he was all gleeful and evil-eyed, trying yeah. to get you to to sort of kick off, and you did with <laughs> one of your famed hiss attacks. <laughs> It's the time for a hissing board! <laughs> Fetch my hissing boots! <laughs> so I was stood there with. Can we say who yeah, stood you with? Yeah, you and Doctor Who had to stop me doing it. Doctor Who? Yeah, Matt. David Doctor Mitchell, Who. I was with. Oh, God. Oh, oh no, God. this is no I stood God. with him and his wife was oh, talking yes. to you. There was, all, there was a situation going on. Yeah. No, then... Doctor Who, went, I remember Doctor Who going to Which me. Which Doctor Who? Skinhead, younger one, Matt. Matt Smith. Yeah, I remember him going, come on, mate, just come on. Let's just leave it. And then he... me out the door. Can you go back in time and make that not happen, please? I just tested that gentleman. I think I made a crap No, you did. It was all right. It, it was, was all right, right for I was me, covering mate. it thinking, like, you know, I was just about knock him out, you know, from the side. But, um, but you, you sort of... There was a hiss and a grab. Are you sure there was a hiss? Can we remove the hiss? From the story. Okay, there was no hiss. There was no discernible There was no hiss, hiss like an angry mother goose. You <laughs> <laughs> say that to me? Oh, <laughs> he just sort of went... <laughs> <laughs> the hiss is like my transformative super grand move. Oh, it's your war cry. I have the power! <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> like kazoo myself into war mode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was brilliant. I pushed myself to another dimension. And then what happened? There was, all, Wait, that was a bit of a scuffle, and then we all got in a car and left. Yeah, then we're the days. Rounded everyone up. I remember we threw, oh, we was that ex girlfriend. She went, Your friends were a rabble. There <laughs> <laughs> was a big car full of people. We'd turned up at Matthew Freud's house. There'd been a scuffle and a fight. There'd been some hissing. Then there's all people on each other's backs. It was ridiculous. It was funny, though. Good old days. Why don't you play a jingle? Oh, to, you want uh, one, do you? Remind us that we're doing radio. We're back on radio, Matt. This is it. This is the airwaves. You are listening to the Russell Brand Podcast with Matt Russ and G. Forget the old, there's new comedy gold like belly bouncing and homeless photography. Belly bounce. What? Love it. Love it. Very good. She referenced the homeless photographs of when a homeless man sent me photographs of his genitals. Have, have you made those public yet? Uh, no, actually. No, because I was thought it might be out of order. To the no, I think blank his face out. Blankety blank. Blankety blank. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, he's still a human being. Blank his face out. Blank, but like, oh, Blank oh, his face out. And he, <laughs> it's an, um, it's not. It's not like he's. You can see his genitals properly. He's sort of pulled. They're a, curved over, as you said, into a bubble. Like he's it's pulled like a bubble a, of skin. A jelly ring a of knob. A knob yeah. jelly ring. I think share them. All right. Let's it's get them out, mate. It's well, art. I think they've been sent to you. Actually, they're probably on your phone. Oh, I've got them, yeah. stained Lego table. Well, that's what the stain was. Your phone must have the right state. I hope you don't get arrested and people go through it because. It's the right catalogue of filth. What do you mean? How many well, things that you've dirty sent Lego me? tables, an homeless bloke with their nuts out. What are the police going to think when they're eventually going to 50% get of those you? things were from your phone. Well, that's not going to stand up in court, old bean. I'll say I'm old Russ, friend to the homeless, friend to the stars, a man that can dine with his legs under any table, except for a Lego table, there's a stain on the floor. I've nothing to do with that bloody thing. Dirty business all round. What are you looking down at? Looking, thinking you going need a new item. Going paperwork. Okay, well we can do that. Who was that that did that jingle? Let's credit the woman. She did one of those breathy things like all adverts have done it like that now. Was Harriet Terrell. One. Good work, Harriet. I love the way you refer to the culture of the show. I love the jingle. Keep your jingles coming to us. You can send them at audioboom.com. You can, uh, or you can email russellandmatt at audioboom.com. Do you want to do that blanket thing? Since we were talking about blankets and what spirituality. Blanket? What do you want to well, say? Well, that good email that you had. Oh, I'll have that one. I'm reading that out. <laughs> <laughs> Where is my beloved? Ah, I'm going to read it out because you've no. lost it. Oh, no. <clears throat> Got an email here from Poor Club. Do you want to do this? I read this out earlier. And it, I'm doing that on the show. You'll ruin this. You'll never be able to. <laughs> what a oh, shower of shite. I lost my blanket when I was three on a road trip. Who's like, it from? Poor club already said that. You were scrabbling <laughs> you around had like too a rat. Much spit in your mouth there. Poor club, we snorted. Hang on. <clears throat> Let's oh, get this God, line. this is the worst email Bloody in the show's right. history. I lost my blanket when I was three on a road trip. The hotel managers couldn't find it, so they gave me a welcome mat that was very coarse. This was the beginning of the... Oh, f- this See? Was, re- edit this. No. This was, the, Leave it in. <laughs> this was the beginning of the end cool. for me. Great show, guys, and that's from Poor Club. What a lovely email. <laughs> so he lost his blanket. And you would not make it on air without me. That's what I'm saying. You would not make it where it's me without you on the air. I killed and that. uncheckered... Untroubled, <laughs> glorious ascent, strength to strength. Whether do you remember it... when we first started doing radio yep. and we had to fight the urge to be smashy and nice? Yeah, I do. Let's never go back. Let's never go back. Well, don't to put that into your nicey. consciousness. No way. Now, I'm when you pro. first start doing things, you have to go. Oh, that's so, like don't do the cliche. Was, don't. Yeah, well, no, I'm not doing it. I'm saying I you know, have to be aware I'm, of I'm it. I'm joining you. I know, but why are you attacking me? Because <laughs> some people said that the this is what Kurt Cobain so neatly encapsulated that he was aware that there was no new territory in late capitalism. That every countercultural move is reappropriated by the capitalist mainframe. That MTV loves nothing more than an anti-MTV protest on MTV. And that you he can get was... that kind of thing from the truth. <laughs> it's, it's on YouTube. <laughs> That's on YouTube. Uh, pennies it cost you out to watch that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, so no, anyway, I, but yeah. that's a good point. That's what Kurt Cobain <clears throat> so neatly encapsulated is the awareness that we're trapped in this late capitalist postmodern bubble. Nothing is original. No, nothing's original anymore. Everything. Um, apparently, Marx and Engels said, "One, know by this sign that you are approaching the end of capitalism. That the culture becomes all about revivalism and pastiche. That there is no yeah. original. And there is a, a, a sort of overwhelming sense of irony that things aren't sincere <laughs> yeah. and that's real. Everything's in, in inverted commas. What about when you go out of a girl and all everything's in inverted commas? 
Shall we pop what? back to my place? <laughs> no, no, no. Do you want no. to come in for a cup of sex? <laughs> I mean sausage. I mean oh, spunk. Oh Christ! <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. That is no. True. I mean uh, like I mean like some people. Every their whole personality seems ironic. Like they're dressed in an ironic frock. We've got an ironic yeah. fringe. Everything's ironic now. I mean the whole. I suppose what uh, Chris Morris was satirising in Shoreditch twat was a time of all-encompassing irony. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no, Nathan Barley, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that magazine shortage twice. Oh, yeah, that, the um, same the Charlie Brooker. I think, but they worked together. Yeah, they? I mean, yeah. that's not I mean, yeah. anyway. Actually, I was on the train just now, right? And there was these girls from Finland, and. Uh, I know. But they were. Um, Finland. They were talking to each other in English. I think some were Swiss, some, some were Swedish, actually. Some were f- How do you know the difference between Scandinavian Because they were talking about. Oh. They were going, well, no, in Sweden there is this. And they were sort of like talking about their different countries. In Sweden, like, where I'm They from. were Scandinavian, yeah, like that. It was uh-huh. beautiful. But they were like, they were knitting, right? No. Two ironic of them were knitting. knitting. No, not ironic. The, nothing they were doing was ironic. It was sincere. And this military helicopter went past in over London, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a Chinook, like a helicopter with two things. Yeah. And they were going, oh, yes, that is a, a Chinook helicopter, a military helicopter. And they were talking about it. And they were, without irony, they were like sort of, like nans, but young. Young nans. And I thought, oh, they're nice. You like English girls nans. are probably, they'd all be sitting there. Young nan! Drunk. You are sat on the train, I said, young nan! You are knitting again, I said, young nan! <laughs> Have you got a young nan? Why don't you send us your young nan stories no, to just Russell send and Matt? Young nan. Just send the young nan. Just send us a young I'd love a young nan. Oh, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? <sighs> I miss my nan. I miss mine. We miss our nans, and that's why we need young nans. <laughs> There's a place well, anyway, my go. point was they seemed unfettered by, like, irony. Yeah, irony. And, and, and so they weren't dressed like, prescriptive. You know, like, even, nothing like, real, nothing's real, man. Like, even the way we dress, you know, it's all a harking well, back I mean, to it's, some it's old rock and roll cliche. Yeah, look at what I'm wearing. Converse trainers, leather, leather type trousers. pants, sort of a skull necklace that means nothing to me. A sort of jumper, <laughs> you know, tattoos, Hindu tattoos, Oscar Wilde quotes, Bible quotes. I'm a goddamn cliche, baby. What's going to stop we're, it? we're men of our time. We can't help it. Imagine you lived at the time of punk when you think, oh, this is really happening. Mm. Where's, the, where's our rock stars now? Where's our rock stars now? Get him on now? the phone. Where That's is the, our yeah, little Noel, <laughs> Noel Gallagher? He's our little rock star. Where is he? He's probably on tour. He won't be able to cope. Let's ring him up. Go on, ring him up. Actually, it looks like... You know when you see those dots on an iPhone that means that the person's trying to phone you or whatever? Bubble dots. Bubble dots, yeah. Yeah, dots bubble in a bubble. Dots. What, he's doing bubble dots to you? It's like he's... Yeah, well, that means he's about to say something, don't it? That's weird. Well, yeah, now I'm ringing him. Right, well, I ain't got time to wait for the bubble dots, baby. What's that? No, I can't Wait, hear anything. Right in the middle of an interview with some... No, you're... Cooking magazine. No. cooking magazine. You're with a cooking magazine? What? I'm going to have to call you back. I'm going to have to call Abandon you back. the interview. You're, you don't talk to cooking magazines. He's... <laughs> I'm talking to come in if you have a cooking what? magazine. That was the last time Noel Gallagher was ever heard alive. <laughs> His final word. I'm doing an interview of a cooking magazine. I'll have to call you back. Like you said, rock and roll's dead. It's all about flan. <laughs> it does seem like cooking a Cooking magazine. 
Yeah. That's yeah, raised yeah, more yeah, questions yeah. than I answers. That's a problem, Matt. We know even less than before. But I think the only way to end this age of irony is through embracing new spirituality through the realm of consciousness and the sub-quantum world. That's my answer. I'll be working that out over the next few months when I'll be announcing a new religion. Do you think that something... Like, we can't be post-history. Something's going to happen... Some new music, something's got to happen where there's a cultural change. Something's got to give, baby. Do you know what? It's if revolution. there was some sort of like proper nuclear war or something, that would get us. Probably would set things back. What I'm saying is, You're pro a lot of people war. would die, but the music might get better. It really might cheer up a, a flagging music scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my gums are bleeding, but have you heard that beat? <laughs> Matthew, it seems to me like a high price to pay. A very high price to pay indeed. Perhaps what we need is the emergence of a new god. And yes, what I'm talking about now, sex pot, is a link. Catholic mm. primary school head teacher forced pupils to lie down on the floor while she pretended to ring God on her mobile to say <laughs> they this. had been naughty. Now, that's out of order because a child don't know how God works. And in fact, an adult don't know how God works. So the child's going to just think that you can ring God up on a phone. I mean, I just rang up Noel Gallagher on a phone. Some people would regard him as at least as a minor saint, a minor saint of cooking and moaning and eyebrows. <laughs> so in a way, that's a very cruel thing to do, isn't it? It is cruel. And she's like, so getting them to lie on the floor, you're already in probably these. I mean, things that happened you're to me at school. We were, I was hit round the head. I was sexually Honestly? abused. I was, well, more or less. What do you mean more or less? When they followed you into the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, all that sort of stuff. But yeah. nowadays, Monkey when you business. see something in Daily Mail and you, then you think like, teach, you know, teacher suspended for yeah. telling child she's a bit fat or something, you think, blimey. The world's gone mad. The world's you gone are... mad. But well, like, the... she's already in shaky ground, putting Once them on the floor. Once you've got a kiddie lying down on the floor, I mean, I, when I was filming at that school the other day, as soon as I, I went to give one a cuddle, because it was so cute, he said such cute things, because what with the basic item is, as you know, actually, because you helped us write it, yeah, the basic item is, uh, you know, out of mouths of babes and children, like they'll say, like, you know, if you go to them, what should we do about immigrants and all that? It worked incredibly well, actually. Did it? Yeah, if you go to them, do you think we should make them do tests? Oh, no, there shouldn't be any tests. Let them come. It's okay. We're all one people. They like say that because normally kids are quite harsh. I was trying to nudge them towards viciousness, but they weren't going to tell you what. The headmistress was fit. Oh my god. She was well fit. Really? She's about a thirty-four-year-old black woman, gorgeous, married. I think she seemed quite <clears throat> a little bit stern. But I've always liked the idea of a headmistress, even when I was at school. Did she have a costume? She was wearing what I would call a red frock. <laughs> but it was comic relief day, wasn't it? So, uh, oh, so she was dressed up for that. Yeah, but I mean, it was just a red frock, red dark skin. Did you once have sex with a policewoman? Now, what was that? That was brilliant. What did I do to a police lady? Took down her particulars when you um, had a couple of air hostesses and you made them keep their outfit on. Yeah, because otherwise they come in a jumpsuit. Now that was in the bad sexist days. That let's face it. Uh, behind us now. Oh, this gotcha. is new no, this revolutionary was... Russ, a good guy, a good guy, a fighter for rights of everybody who you can even imagine just being said alive. That headmistress was fit. That is that sexism. Luckily no, it's not. I don't know why but people are so mm. quick to be offended these days. You can't say anything. I think it's bad, right? If you make people scared to talk or to you know, yeah. Create a culture of fear of each other. You can't yeah. say that. Oh no! You know, like we mentioned that lady with. Well, no, it's a bloke with a beard who dresses as a lady. Conchita Verst, and we were accused of transphobicism. 
Oh, no, that's not going to help. No. We've but got to we be careful. Look, I'll tell you what it is, mate. That's why Jeremy Clarkson's popular, because he's the lone crusading individual who says what he means and means what he says. He's not afraid to stick his oar out or plug his finger in or, or waggle his winky no, woo. He's, he's, the ultimate, <laughs> he's the ultimate racist. <laughs> he's the ultimate individual and uh, with the ultimate individual product, the automobile. He's a sort of a kind of model of new individualism. We've reached the 45-minute mark. There's so many things to cover. Fun. There's Catholic phone calls from God. There's a phone call to Noel Gallagher. These will all be in the next Russell and Matt podcast. But for now, why don't we hand over to Poet Laureate of the show, a man called Mr. G, a man who's been rhyming things ever since I was a little girl growing up in Denmark. This poem's called The New Song. The ego's curse is that it hears but won't listen. It can touch but won't feel. Yet it lings without longing for double-slit appeal. Genius flows with rotation and sway, stepping on the postmodern magic carpet with 50 stains of grey. But have we escaped the ironic basement, only to be lost in translation? Surely this cage we're all fighting is the global currency of nations. Some state the theory of convergence is where the world becomes the same, but life's melodies will carry us to the future. A new song awaits to be played. Woo! Oh, bravo! That is actual poetry. That's good. And people say there's no Slips such thing and as grey new stains. culture. Grey stains you talked about there. Bloody good stuff. You got Ling Long Ling in there. Good show, was it that one, Matthew? Brilliant, I thought, yeah. Much legal. Much legal. Bit illegal. Bit illegal there. Bit illegal, we'll I would get, say. Well, get our um, lawyers to go through that. Oh, Christ. Uh, do tune in to Sunday's podcast on uh, the Russell and Matt show. <laughs> <laughs> on audio, boom. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Brought to you by Audio Boom.